and welcome back to the third episode of the Football Fools podcast. I am Justin, joined by my co-host, John and Mark. Uh, we're going to be covering everything week six in the NFL today. And uh, starting off today, we're going to go with... Yeah, thanks for the segue. <laughs> uh, I think we, we should begin the week with the thing that stuck out big time to me. After we've seen up to six games with with some teams or most teams at this point, the elite teams are starting to separate themselves. And I, I think it would kind of be a smart idea today to go through a few of the games of the teams that are starting to separate and prove themselves as elite. And uh, I would start off with the Kansas City Chiefs game this afternoon, uh, which let me just say as an aside, Really nice at three o'clock on a Monday afternoon to have a, a football game to turn on that is basically a, the preview to Monday night football that you have later in the day. So really enjoying that aspect of COVID, actually. Best thing about COVID, football four days a week sometimes. Yeah, I can get it every every day of the week except for Wednesday so far. But anyway, the the Chiefs, they to me, it just seems like that, that they controlled this game. Uh, the the Bills, I, I believe they're a very good team too. But Kansas City just continues to to show that that they're the defending champs and that that they have something still to prove. And it, it seems to me that that they're uh, still the team I would say to beat overall in football. Uh, Mark, what what would you say that you got out of the game tonight? And would you agree with that statement as the Chiefs still being the team to to beat uh i definitely agree chiefs are the team to beat um besides that fluke against the raiders game hey man Derek Carr's the goat don't call it a fluke <laughs> definitely a fluke besides that fluke of a game the chiefs look untouchable i mean they had like 160 rushing yards and Le'Veon bell can start playing next week probably so, a good thing to bring up Le- the Le'Veon bell signing the, the rich get richer every every year. There's some team that does something like that, and this year it's just the Chiefs signing the. I mean, argu- arguably the best best free agent running back. Uh, even though it happened in the middle, you know, a third of the way through the season, uh, if he was available in the offseason, would have been the best available free agent running back. I, I realize that the people had to work and may not have, have called all of this today. Unfortunately for me. I did not have to. So I, I was watching the, the uh, a lot of this game going on, and the, uh, the Chiefs rushed for 240 yards today. I believe they I believe that they showed a stat that that's the most Andy Reid team has ever rushed for in a game. <laughs> so it, it certainly seems like that uh, that they're adding to already their kind of embarrassment of riches. So uh, to to me, it's still still the team to beat. Uh, any any closing thoughts on the on the Chiefs or any other any other storylines we should touch on with them? Uh, at least with me, not the Chiefs so much as it is the other uh, the other team, the Bills that that lost tonight. Um, Josh Allen, two losses in a row. He just looks like is he gets defeated too easily, and I know easy to say from a chair, but um, it just looks like he gives up, and and then. To, uh, what was it on the on the last drive where they were trying to come back and get that last and they were down by nine so they weren't going to make a comeback necessarily but Stefan Diggs lack of uh, hurry up kind of bugged me me and my coworker were watching watching the game and uh, they have what is it it's like third down and they're trying to get back they have a minute left to get nine points a minute and a half left to get nine points and Stefan Diggs is walking back to the line and then they snap the ball and it's called back for uh, 
offsides. He was offsides. So really weird, kind of the, kind the of strange. Where they had the runoff. Yeah, exactly. A ten second runoff. So it was just kind of strange that someone who was a Pro Bowl receiver trying to win a game just looked like he didn't really care. Um, just a lack of effort, sort of just a heads up. Maybe I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I would say that's what you deal with when you when you have. Uh, Stephon Dix on your team. Like, yeah. uh, the Bills, they, they started the season off 4-0, and and now they've lost two in a row, and Diggs is certainly not one to hide his frustration whenever things aren't aren't going his way in, in the offense. Uh, the, the Bills, I, I would say, uh, and, and I think coming up later, we're, we're going to do a little contender, pretender AFC version, so not, not to give too much of that away, but uh, I think, think the Bills have had a, a couple of rough games here, but they've lost to the Titans, who seem really good, and they've lost to the Chiefs, who we all pretty much just said are the team to beat. So well, I'm going to give them a little bit more time. They lost to the two teams that were almost in the Super Bowl. One team that was in the Super Bowl and the other team that was a game away from being in the Super Bowl. So can't knock them for that. Um, next up, what do you want to talk about? Yeah, Mark, Mark any closing thoughts on that, that topic, Chiefs or Bills? Uh, no, I think we pretty much covered it all. That was a good correction, though. When I said like 160 yards, I was only counting Clyde the Glides rushing yards. <laughs> not even, not even Patty Mahomes or anybody else who touched the ball on end arounds and stuff like that. So yeah, they had an extra 80 yards, not from their primary running back. Everybody on their team does end rounds. Yeah, so uh, another AFC elite team, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers just absolutely crushed the Browns on, on Sunday. 38-7 final score. Um, re- really not not a competitive game at all. Uh, it, so uh, I, I've been the one, one talking, so I'll kick it. I'm going to kick this one over to Mark. Any, anything with the, the Steelers or Browns, what, what would you say is the topic that you would like to bring up? Oh, my God. This is one of those games where I don't know if I give props to the Steelers for beating a Browns team that was starting to look decent, or I just chalk it up to the Browns are going to Brown. <laughs> That's fair enough. Well, that leads me to my uh, apology island of the week is the Steelers. Uh, last week, and I'm not a big Steelers fan just because I have so many friends and uh, coworkers and stuff that are Steelers uh, fans. As the listeners of thing. Yeah, as you heard last week. Um, I bash the Steelers I, and it's not so much. I, I, I'm not dumb. I, I mean, well, I'm not dumb. I, don't, I know the Steelers aren't a bad team. Uh, I just like to not jump on the bandwagon. I, I try as hard as I can to, to fight any, any positive vibes towards them. And, uh, they're my apology item for the week. They definitely, they kind of proved me wrong in my foolish pick last week where I said the Browns, uh, would beat them and win the NFC North. And it's still possible. So I'm gonna hold on to it, but they definitely proved me wrong. Made me look kind of dumb after, after last week's foolish, foolish take. You know, I I would say with the the Steelers that the, the uh, might I might give a little bit away here, but I would say they're probably a team I have behind the the Chiefs in the AFC at this point in time. Uh, it, but the uh, a big thing from that game, the Steelers lost their linebacker Devin Bush. What looks like it's going to be the rest of the year. So yeah, even again, seems like another way that the the Chiefs might separate a little bit. But I could just see Pittsburgh as perhaps being a team that wouldn't be afraid of the Chiefs and could kind of muddy the game up a little bit and, and make it really physical and, and difficult for them. And they don't have the same psychological defeatedness that the Ravens have going against the Chiefs. Yeah, they said Bush uh, torn ACL this morning. Yeah, yeah. So it seems like he's going to be out for the rest of the year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would say um, moving on to what I would say was a matchup of elite teams going over to the NFC for a minute. 
uh, we have the the Packers going to Tampa Bay and getting absolutely throttled, thirty eight to ten against the Buccaneers. So, uh, Justin and we we can also do our our segment Brady meter with this one. So, Justin, I'm going to kick it to you. Start, starting off with Tom, where would you rate him on the Brady meter and then a takeaway for you from this game? Brady meter, pregame, I had him at like a 68, 70. And then postgame, I mean, he looked pretty good. Uh, you know, Gronk finally got involved in the offense and got, a, got his first touchdown of the year. Um, I put him at like a soft 80. I'm still okay. not a – I'm such a Tom Brady hater, but he looked pretty good. And I don't know if it was he looked really good or the defense for the Bucks with those two uh, two scoring touchdowns right off the bat. Um, hey, one, kinda, of them, one of them they did score from the one-yard line. True. And <laughs> I, I just don't know. I don't uh, – Tom Brady, you know, uh, I don't know if it was Brady looking good or Rodgers looking atrociously bad. So – I uh, don't want to look too much into the Rodgers thing because I'm sure he'll bounce back like he always does and have some snarky remark on a, another podcast or, um, a, you know, a, a TV show or something where he'll say something, some one-liner that gets blasted and, you know, makes him look like a genius 10 weeks down. So, uh, Mark, what, what about the, the Brady meter for you and any takeaways from this game in particular? Okay, so my Brady meter is a combination of last week and this week. In a sense that last week he forgot what down it was, and I had him at zero. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> because the enough. old Tom Brady would never do that. So I wanted to well, put him higher, yeah. but I couldn't have him do an 80% increase from week to week, you know? <laughs> so I put him at 60 because that's a fair number. I thought he played well. Um, I mean, his stats weren't all that crazy, just 166 yards passing and two <laughs> touchdowns. Um but that leads me to my biggest surprise of the week. The Bucks defense shutting down the red hot Packers. That's insane. Yeah. They had two picks. They kept Rodgers to 160 yards and only 94 yards rushing. Nobody looked like they could stop the Packers. And here's the Bucks defense of all people doing it. Yeah, well, even the beginning of the game, I mean, uh, I thought Rodgers was going to go crazy on him because they got they marched down the field first drive and got a touchdown with Aaron Jones. Yeah, and what what Mark was kind of touching that on there, then there kind of gets to the point that that I wanted to make about the Buccaneers. So first of all, with Brady on the Brady meter, I forgot exactly where I had him last week, but I'm going to put him at 85. I, I know it wasn't that high, and. Uh, uh, after the performance this week, because one of the one of the things Mark mentioned it last week, whenever they played the Bears, the Bucks had eleven penalties. Brady forgot it was fourth down. <laughs> they they looked as sloppy as they possibly could. They did not have a single penalty against the Packers in that game. Uh, they did, Brady was not sacked a single time. I believe they did not turn the ball over. So. Uh, Maybe perhaps at the and the point that I was getting to is perhaps at this point in his career with Brady and Gronk, like Josh, like Justin just mentioned earlier, maybe it's not their ultimate level of skill that they have to contribute. Maybe they only have eighty to whatever sixty to eighty percent of that to give. But maybe what the Bucks team needs is that type of leadership that Brady brings, and that. Maybe if they can make this team play a little less sloppy brand of football, and also the I said about Gronk when he saw when he was traded there originally, I don't think his value is going to be somebody who catches twelve touchdowns in the regular season. I think his value might be somebody who Brady 
is comfortable throwing to on a third and 12 in a playoff game into traffic and knowing that, that that's the dude that he's done that with before. So uh, I think that the, the Bucks just really showed that their, their team uh, might not look so bad with my, my foolish pick, Bucks going to the Super Bowl from a couple weeks back. Uh, but yeah, still, still a long ways to go. And the, the Packers, I'm not going to read too much into it. Like they, they got blown out, but it, it, they haven't lost a game all year. So I'm not going to let that cancel everything out from, from the Packers point of view. Well, what do you think? Because you just touched on a quarterback and a, and a tight end, like a safety blanket with Gronk for, for Brady. What do you, uh, do you put any stock into Albert O with the, uh, the young gunslinger drew lock getting, a a dub right back from injury against Cam Newton. Uh, let me see. What does that make Cam Newton for? Oh, and four against the Broncos. Um, um, yeah. I, I mean, I have to say that I, I can't say anything impressive about the Broncos offense because oh. technically they scored zero points. It yeah. was all McManus kicking six field goals. So yeah, but he had to get down the field to kick the field goals. Okay. Let's not take it away. From Somewhat. Them. They tried to get sacked and, 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 Lead shortage and get out of the play, and McManus was still able to. Because well, he's the goal. best kicker in the NFL. Don't, <laughs> don't at me. Um, do you? But do you put any stock in Alberto? Did you see that he had some big plays? Uh, it's his first real. I think it's his first game this season actually playing. But Drew went to him multiple times. Uh, tried to throw him a touchdown in the end zone. And it was just a little overthrown. Back to back, he overthrew uh, two, two, two touchdowns. Two, you know, uh, probably touchdowns. One to Judy. One to one to Alberto. Uh, I'm not going to try to pronounce his last name. I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah, but, uh, no I, you, know, you know, I mean, Albert O's not like a highly drafted guy. He's uh, just a, a college, a college teammate of Drew Locke. And I, so if you guys watched hard, hard knocks last year with the Raiders, they uh, went through a segment where they were interviewing everybody on the team and asking if uh, they saw anybody in camp that was blowing, that was going to blow up or that was catching everybody's eyes that no one knew about. And they said, Darren Waller, and so far, that's been pretty true. I mean, you know, last year, breakout year, got a contract extension, uh, played pretty well this year. And then they did the same thing with the Broncos. It wasn't on Hard Knocks, but I watched the Broncos YouTube channel. And they uh, asked some of the players who the who the breakout player that no one was talking about was. And they said, Albert O, he's very athletic, very fast, and Drew trusts him. So I, I think uh, we should keep an eye out for that. Um, <clears throat> and then speaking of tight ends, do you mind if we talk about George Kittle and the Niners? Yeah, definitely, and, and let, let's do let's do rapid fire on a couple games here mm-hmm. and, and go through them. So, yeah. so go ahead, Justin, with Niners and Rams. Game. So, uh, division right, you know, division matchup. Uh, Niners coming off a terrible loss. Rams looking, you know, pretty uh, pretty high powered on, on on offense and uh, serviceable on defense. End up going in there, and everybody had the Rams, you know, as the favorite. Um, ended up losing. George Kittle looks like a maniac again. Uh, Bill Belichick had a quote, George Kittle is as good as anybody I've coached or played against. So I think it's a high praise from the best coach of all time. Um, Mark, anything on that game? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Other than thank you, Kittle, for winning me in fantasy or winning my fantasy league for me or game, I, I guess. I, I guess I, I don't have anything super specific on that game, but I'll just touch real quick on kind of a, a theory I've had with, with Kittle and who we just talked about, Gronk, like, I definitely believe if you have a, a tight end that brings that type of physical presence like Kittle who loves to block, but then it's also a threat in the receiving game, 
behind a franchise quarterback, that might be about the most valuable thing that you can get because that's somebody who transforms your rushing attack in a physical way and who transforms your passing attack and, and their ability to to run routes and go downfield. And Kit, Kittle, I think it simplifies that, and that might be why Belichick was, was so effusive in his phrase of him. Yeah, you get one or the other. You, very rarely do you get do you get both, and that's what makes a, a, a Hall of Fame tight end great tight end. I'm not going to call him a Hall of Fame tight end yet. Hope so. He's a good dude. Um, Want to talk about the Texans-Titans game? That was an interesting game. Yeah, I, w- I would say on, on that – that one, like the the Titans, found that they they certainly wasn't their best game at all. They found a way to, to win and, and move forward. And the, the Texans, once again, uh, it's kind of what you would expect. They found a way to squander the game. They they had a instance where they scored that last touchdown and went up thirty six to twenty nine. Had the opportunity to kick the extra point, and they they went for two. Like I, I do like being aggressive and like. The logic behind that would be you could put the game away if you go up nine. However, if you kick the extra point and go up eight, the other team has to go all the way down the field, score a touchdown, and get a two-point conversion. So, so uh, uh, Mark, what would you do? You think the Texans did the right thing in that situation, or no? Uh, no, not at all. I thought they should have kicked the field goal. Well, I, th- I think it's the the ghost of bill o'brien uh romeo romeo cornell's been uh under him for too long and maybe picked up some bad habits it looks like uh you know everybody always or at least recently because all the head coaches are getting fired i'm still waiting on adam Gates to get fired side note but um don't understand that but uh how does he survive this long so so i've heard the the popular point on gays uh that, that a lot of people have started to bring up is if you're the Jets, I believe they're the only team left in the league without a victory at this point. Adam Gaze is exactly what you want. If you want Trevor <laughs> Lawrence, you want to lose the the rest of your games. And uh, we, we talked about the elite teams. Let's spend just a minute on the Jets here because I do have that really interesting question. If they wind up with the number one overall pick, is this the type of situation where we've seen in the past where we've had a Eli Manning and a John Elway tell a dysfunctional team, no, I'm not going to go to you? Do you think Trevor Lawrence should exercise that and possibly say, you know, if the Jets are the team that's the first pick, I'm either going back to school or they have to trade that pick? I think that you 100% do that. There's nothing to offer. Nothing, nothing. That team doesn't offer anything for him. He, they don't have a single receiver. Jamison Crowder's their number one. Are you kidding? They don't have a a big name defensive player except for Bradley uh, McDougal, the guy that got traded in the Jamal Adams trade. So, so they don't have a big name one. Nothing, nobody. <laughs> they just don't like. There's nothing to offer there for him. I, I don't understand. If you're if you're Trevor Lawrence, I don't think he's going to translate to the NFL. Heard uh, here first, but. Oh, hey, hot take. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Justin, he didn't mention it, but that's definitely his foolish pick of the week. Okay, I got, I got a way crazier <laughs> foolish pick. Um, I just don't think Trevor Lawrence. Is- <laughs> I'll top that. I'll hold my beer. But, uh, I don't think Trevor Lawrence is gonna is gonna translate to the NFL. Well, he, I don't know. Uh, I'll speak on that another episode in detail. But um, there's just nothing there for him. I think if anybody's gonna pull an Eli Manning uh, again, it's gonna be or John Elway it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. There's no reason he's got such a high draft stock. There's no way that he goes to the jets and is, is content or happy with it. Mark, what do you think? All right. So I agree that he does not go to the jets, but I think good guy, Trevor Lawrence over there is going to do something completely different. He's going to use his parents or grandparents or somebody as a scapegoat and say, (laughs) I promised them I would get my degree. 
and he's going to go back for his senior year to avoid the Jets. I heard that. I heard that from one of my coworkers. I think that's not the dumbest thing I've heard. So, yeah, that that way he doesn't have that bad reputation of I'm not going to play for this team. You know, he's just that good guy, smart player who wants to get his degree before he moves on to the NFL. 100%. Yeah, I, I I think that that's definitely a, a situation where where Lawrence should think strongly about it if he would want to play for the Jets or not because uh, I, they they can with the franchise tag they can keep you for six or seven years and you, and you just be trapped there and that I I just don't think that's something you should do at all. Well, no, that's not true, John. You can just complain enough or tweet and you'll get you'll get released by your team. That's how the NFL works now. But uh, <laughs> only Adam Gase was back again next year. Hey, man, he will be the way they're going right now. If you haven't cut him by week six, you might as well keep, sign him to a six-year extension. Um, really quick, I want to go to the to the Ravens-Eagles game. Um, can't stand the Ravens. Pretty annoyed with them. Their offense looks uh, good enough to win games, but very lackluster compared to last year. Um, and then an injury update, I guess, if you didn't watch that game or weren't paying attention or if you're, you know, fantasy, fantasy uh, uh, implications, um, uh, Sanders is out for the week. Miles Sanders is out for this next week, potentially. And Zach Ertz uh, expected to miss a couple weeks with a knee injury. Oh, and there, there's our fantasy. That's update. the fantasy update of the week. And Raheem Mostert's out, by the way. IR. Yeah, uh, with the the uh, with this Ravens Eagles game, I was shocked that it wound up so close, and the Eagles actually had an opportunity to get back in the game. I, I kind of feel like it might have been a one of those situations where I, the Eagles had a lot of players that were out with injury and the, the Ravens got out to the lead and maybe fell asleep a little bit, but they, they found a way to, to win the game and, and move forward. But Eagles are just not, not, not that just like that entire division, not impressive at all. Are they secretly good enough just to keep up with whoever they're playing and make it look like they're actually in the game? Steelers last week, they had a, I mean, they ended up not being as close as they probably would have liked, but there was a second there in the fourth quarter, I mean, a couple minutes, excuse me. Um, where they almost looked like they could have made a comeback against the Steelers. And they were two points away from upsetting the Ravens of all teams, um, you know, with a, a league MVP. Um, but Carson Wentz brings me to our danger zone picks of the week. And it's kind of a theme for the podcast this week. It's going to be underachieving quarterbacks. So while my actual danger zone pick of the week is not Carson Wentz, it does bring us to our uh, way for, for underachieving quarterbacks, whether they're playing uh, or not currently, uh, mine's going to be Kirk Cousins. Looks terrible. How do you pay a, a man $100 million guaranteed? That's a, such a question mark. The whole the whole $80 million contract was a question mark fully guaranteed for me anyway, but then they give him a, through a halfway through a mediocre season, they give him another two-year extension for another 20 mil or something like that. Question question marks all about the Vikings. Yeah. <laughs> let's, start, let's start to Mark for his, for his danger zone pick. All right, so I am also going with a quarterback, but it is not one that is currently playing. I am going with Troy Aikman. And <laughs> if you haven't heard, he's he's trending for some remarks he made about the flyover before the game. Oh, really? And yeah, so he, uh, he said it was a waste of tax dollar money and that <laughs> this wouldn't happen on a Kamala Biden ticket. <laughs> what? I do not care about that at all. Yeah, him and Joe Buck were caught on a hot mic when they thought they were on commercial. Oh, awkward. And regardless of how you feel about politics or anything like that, the flyover has been a thing for forever. Yeah, and leave it alone. Is it a waste of money? 
Yeah, probably just like all military training. But yeah. the military <laughs> has to fly those planes regardless. So they just changed location and use the flyover as a training mission. Well, Mark's in the army, everybody. So don't uh, don't get mad at him for speaking on such things. But um, that's not the reason that Troy Aikman needs to get fired. He just needs to get fired. Him <laughs> and Joe Buck should not be announcing games ever 100% again. 100% behind you because I absolutely hate listening to Joe Buck and Troy Aikman call games that I actually want to watch. They're the worst. You heard it here first again. You're hearing a lot of first on this channel. Just uh, tune in every week. <laughs> um, the, they're the absolute worst like commentating duo in the NFL. Uh, and I just don't like listening to Joe Buck. He one time said that he he's the prime example of fake it till you make it. So I hate him for that too. Well, my my danger zone is certainly nothing like all military training is a waste, or <laughs> that Trevor Lawrence is going to suck in the NFL. But my danger zone is Teddy Bridgewater. So uh, underachieving veteran quarterbacks. The the Panthers actually, I think they're one of the pleasant surprises. They're they're three and three. But Bridgewater has has he had a signature game at all? Like the the Panthers seem like they're they're being held back a little bit by him. Even yesterday, he had two interceptions, no touchdowns thrown. He did he can scramble a little bit. He had close to fifty yards rushing yesterday. Um, but however, uh, I wanted to go last so that because my danger zone actually pivots well into my foolish pick. Uh, so. The kind of the reason Bridgewater is in my danger zone is I don't know how much anyone watched the XFL last year before it got shut down with the Rona, but PJ Walker, the Panthers' backup, was the MVP of the XFL last year. Led his team to undefeated record in their first five games. He, I, I personally think he's very similar to Bridgewater. He has a better arm than Bridgewater. Um, I, I'd really uh, my foolish pick is I'd really think that pj walker should take over as the panthers quarterback they're not uh, they're not expected to do a lot this year and they they should just see if he potentially has a higher ceiling than uh teddy bridgewater has so justin what what would you say that you have for your foolish pick this week mine was kirk mine was kirk cousins i just don't understand I who's the danger zone oh did you say foolish pick oh yeah, i'm sorry i'm oh, sorry pick. i'm out of it dude I, yeah uh my foolish pick is um Anything that I recommend on this podcast for gambling. So uh, I was, I mean, John hit uh, potentially, I think a, a better two on, on some of my advice from last week, but <clears throat> I'm down uh, $120 on DraftKings this weekend. Not great. So maybe don't take my advice for a couple of weeks. I'll, I'll be back. But um, yeah, not the, not the best week for me. Hit a bunch of, I went big and even some like safe bets, like Kareem Hunt scoring a touchdown. I know it's the Steelers and their like, defense is great, but he didn't do anything, um, and I pretty much struck out on every single bet I had this week. I lost all my money, so uh, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna set up a GoFundMe so you guys can uh, fund my gambling uh, needs, please. Thank you. Uh, I don't think anybody's re- really quick interjection. I don't know if anybody's watching the Cowboys Cardinals game, but uh, the Cowboys somehow managed to. Oh, Andy Dalton got benched um, for someone I've never heard of. Uh, uh, the uh, the the Cowboys are making. Uh, Kenyon Drake looked like a pro bowler. He just had, I think he has 200 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, terrible. All right. So, so a nice move sideways. Always good. So Mark, what do you have for your foolish pick? All right. Right before I get into that, I'm going to apologize to Dak because I oh. said there was a chance he doesn't get paid if Andy Dalton looks good. 
Yeah. And that <laughs> is not the case. <laughs> so not real at quick, all. I that apology. But uh, my foolish pick is going to go against you, John. And I'm going to say that Teddy Bridgewater is going to have his breakout game next week against the Saints. He's going to have that signature game. Revenge game. We're going to make him look amazing. He's going to make us regret releasing him. And it's going to be one of those games where, as a Saints fan, it's just going to break my heart. So that's perfect. So next week we'll we'll guarantee to have some one of us being right and and then Mark being wrong. Yeah. So yeah. uh you know what, and, Justin, why don't you bet on him being right? Fair enough. I'll help you out. Yeah. And that then way it, Jinx is one of us, so and, and then as far as gambling advice goes, like we, we said, Justin, it's probably best for him to set this one out this week. Uh, my, mine is put the Chiefs to cover the spread. Uh, they're, they're a juggernaut team. There was the whole thing for 20 years with Belichick and Brady and New England covering the spread two-thirds of the time, which is much higher than you, you need to actually win as a gambler. So just keep betting on the Chiefs to cover the spread. They did it again today. Uh, Mark, any, any gambling picks for you, you this week? Um, I really shouldn't be giving gambling advice, seeing how I'm in the same boat as Justin and seem to be <laughs> losing money every week. But take Clemson on the over. I mean, they're putting up 70-plus points a game. That's fair. Yep. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, first of all, I'd just like to clarify, I haven't lost money every week. I've actually been winning money every week until this week. So uh, that's all we, the time we got for the show this week, guys. Uh, real quick, Cortland Sutton couldn't make it. Uh, next week we are going to have a quarterback – Tom Brady, six-time uh, Super Bowl champ, on the show next week. Yeah, I, I hate, and I hate to kill the the Brady enthusiasm. My apology, Allen, was Philip Rivers. So the the Colts continue to win. That that's all. Uh, Mark, Mark, anything you missed as we close out our last few seconds? Uh, weekly MVP, Justin Jefferson. Go Tigers! Absolutely. All right, I agree. He uh, single-handedly won me fantasy games this week. All right, guys, thank you for listening. See you next week. Danger zone.